1974, J.B. Bolton, chairman of the finance board, was quoted as saying if cheap bread continues to be imported, a situation could arise where the Isle of Man could find itself entirely without bread and flour for days, possibly weeks. He emphasised the point that sole dependence on imported bread and flour could lead to a position where action outside the island meant local supermarkets would be left without bread for several days. That was 48 years ago. So how is our government responding to the recently announced Ramsey Bakery closure? We're about to find out. I spoke to the Minister for Environment, Food and Agriculture, Claire Barber. What would you say are the most important things that people need to live? Um, you know, fundamental uh, things that, that everyone needs to survive. I mean, I think you know, we have food, we have water, um, and then you know, clean air and, and a, a house. I think you go back to uh, what's the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I feel like I'm back in my nursing questions on this, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's certainly those you know, those core core pieces of that jigsaw um, and we've seen you know food and food security now is you know, certainly been prioritized in you know in terms of us looking at a review of the current strategy um, and we've put that into the island plan to make that very clear that that's our intention. So so then I suppose that the, the next and obvious question is what role does government have in helping meet those essential needs that every everybody has? So I think that there's a number of roles and I think we see that through how we support agriculture and you know then that goes back to looking at uh, you know if you break down food as the first piece that you know, we talked about and obviously that's the bit that falls within my ministerial um, title um, trying to break down those things that are the core staples the essentials and those things then that are the nice to haves um, we've obviously had a lot of conversation and, and in fact you know buying habits have significantly changed in fact over the last you know 10-15 years there's been some real shifts in terms of what people are buying and um, I think that has had some impact on the market and we've seen some of those things that I think we would have certainly considered and and probably still do but to a maybe lesser extent for some people like bread and milk changing a little bit and some people have chosen to move away from those but you know I think the the health value and the nutritional value you can get from those staples is to my mind you know certainly without question um so one of the pieces I've asked officers to look at you know over the last uh, last couple of months is around how how we extrapolate where we provide support for food businesses so if you take food in isolation um you know and, and making sure that we are placing enough priority around those items that are essentials the things that we definitely think we need to have either produced locally or with very strong import routes um, and I think trying to separate that out as well and understanding the the ramifications so if you take bread which I know you know it's, it's obviously the topical piece at the minute it's it's not just the bakery it's the wheat growers it's the mill it's the the distributors there's a whole you know process that that goes from importing the seed through to having a finished product that's on the shelves that we can buy um, and it's looking at where in the process we need to be part of that journey or we need to support and how we best support and then you've got to scale that up to a huge number of other products so I think certainly bread is a a key 
element but it's not it's, it, there's a challenge around essential isn't there because you could live without bread and I'm not arguing and asking the whole of Manx population to live without bread but there are certainly alternatives in terms of carbohydrates we'd get a bit so, fed up with uh, steak and queenies though wouldn't we no no and that's why I say carbohydrates so steak and queenies <laughs> don't but if, you know, if you look at your um, options around potatoes and pastas and rices there are other things that complement within the the bread part so you know, I think it's understanding that. I think it's also recognising that you know, a, a, a quantity of the Manx population, whether that be by choice or by necessity, have don't buy Manx bread because either they can't afford it or they choose not to. And I think there's an understanding as well on on that piece of the jigsaw. Um, when we when you can see that there are routes, uh, you, there are um, options on the shelf that are significantly cheaper. Um, you know, and that's then recognising that when you've got you can't achieve the scales of uh, the economies of scale um, in terms of production for locally produced bread, then the prices will be higher. And that then, again, magnifies that difference. And in a time that we see now where cost of living is increasing, I think then that you, you see that impact and people make those choices. But, but in, in terms of the global situation, particularly as a result of Ukraine, one of the largest suppliers of milling wheat now not being in a position to supply that milling wheat, can we really afford to rely on the United Kingdom to supply the bulk of our bread, bearing in mind the United Kingdom is something like 60% self-sufficient in, in food. You know, if, if, if push comes to the shove, they're hardly going to let bread leave England to come to the Isle of Man. And I think that's the, you know, that, that piece of the bigger jigsaw that we're looking at through food security is understanding where the challenges might lie across, you know, import routes and, and the routes that we're currently using um, and looking at where we can best target any support to businesses um, to make sure that we're really looking at that broader picture of food security because it's no good me spending all my money on securing bread and not noticing as we lose other key parts of our our food uh, supply so it has to be balanced and I, you know i think i'm not not don't want to understate the the amount of work that there's already going on but equally the amount of work that's still to do and i think it's absolutely key that we're talking uh, with the food producers with the you know, the, the fishermen, um, the farming community as well, um, to understand how best government can support, whether that be through supporting diversification, whether that be through looking at where our, our subsidies are currently focused and seeing if there's a better way to do that. Um, and, and making sure that's very much a two-way conversation. There's no question that the input costs have gone up significantly across these sectors. Um, and I think that we have to be you're very clear that this is likely to not be the only casualty across all businesses actually of what is going to be a very very challenging time um, but from my perspective at the minute it's very much focusing on that two-way conversation pulling that together through the strategic review around food security and agriculture and making sure that what we're doing as a department and as a broader government is the right thing. I'm not wholly sure from what you've said what you're going to do other than have conversations. Um, is there anything that you could say in, in very clear and uh, very succinct terms, you know, what are the clear steps that government is going to take to try at least uh, to preserve the milling wheat sector and the baking sector, the Manx-based uh, baking sector on the island? So that part of that and I know it's conversations but it is looking at the minute at what the willingness is from those currently established businesses to perhaps grow 
in an area to take on something else and have a diversification of their product um I can't force businesses to do that. So that's about having conversations. I have to, you know, these are private businesses. Um, but there's a number of businesses who've either reached out or people that I want to reach out to. Um, conversations have already taken place, certainly at officer level um, with some of those businesses. But I think it's important that, you know, I'm, I want to understand a little more. But also because the impacts that Ramsey Bakery have felt on input costs are not only being felt by Ramsey Bakery. And I think it's important to remember that. Um, also looking then, as you say, we've got the milling wheat. There's wheat already in the ground. Um, we've got um, grain that's in storage at the mills. So there's a, I, I believe there's a number of different styles of contracts, but you know, essentially there are agreements in place with the, those milling wheat producers, as you would expect. Um, but at the minute I'm working with Treasury. Obviously the, the mill is a Treasury-owned uh, company. Um, so there's a you know, very much a synergy in terms of what we're trying to achieve and that wider support to the farmers. Um, and also then looking at the, the opportunities for some of that grain, um, whether that be uh, looking at whether we can move into the the food for the cattle, for example, because that's another area where we've got a challenge because of security of food, is the the food the feed for uh, animals is also challenging in terms of access and that. So there's a number of things where it may be that there's a bit of a, a switch as to how we're doing something, but using the resource that's there, um, and then making sure that. You know, obviously the mill had already been talked of for some time now in terms of changes, renewal, etc. Um, understanding how we achieve that and still manage to supply the people who do need that local uh, local product. I know there had been talk, um, certainly when I was uh, in, in government, of uh, a, a renewed mill, possibly a combined mill and bakery. Mm-hmm. Um, how How far... Have any such consideration gone uh, with regards to that? I mean, is is a new mill uh, being seriously considered at this stage? So that's certainly something that has been under under review for a period of time. We've had you know a really strong team within the mill exploring those opportunities and working with Treasury as as the uh, you know owning body I suppose um, and DEFA have been involved and engaged in some of those conversations. Um, obviously, now we need to have a a, a rethink because to build a you know a new mill of the scale we currently have would be the wrong route given the changes that have happened within that industry so there are going to be some uh, you know, significant conversations I suggest to, to ensure that what we're we're not shutting ourselves off for the future but making sure we're looking at all those opportunities that was minister for environment food and agriculture claire barber mhk And, of course, she was talking about the recent announcement by Ramsey Bakery that uh, at the end of this month they are going to cease to operate. This is quite a a significant uh, move, a a, a big change for the Isle of Man. It'll be the first time, well, as far as I think uh, anyone can remember, that we won't have a a, a mass uh, bakery available on the island. Obviously, we still have artisanal bakers, um, and uh, we have one of those as a guest in our studio. Uh, Miles Pettit uh, from Noel Bakehouse is joining us. Tim Johnson, MHK, who represents the area most significantly affected by this announcement in as much as the, uh, the milling wheat growers are all in uh, his uh, constituency. 
uh, one of the milling wheat growers and member of the Manx National Farmers Union, David Brew, uh, joins us, as indeed does former chair of Laxey Glen Mills and former chief executive of DAF, uh, Colin Niveton. Um So, Colin, um, what uh, what were you what what do you think? What did you make of the the minister's comments there? Well, I think the minister's in a quite a difficult position because first and foremost, Ramsey Bakery Limited is a privately owned operated company, has been since its inception. And as far as I'm aware, its interaction with government has actually been quite limited. Um, Obviously, it files uh, accounts um, and other statutory returns, but they are uh, protected by various Chinese walls within government. So the rest of government is only able to uh, understand what's happening at Ramsey Bakery if the directors choose to pass on that information to them. And clearly, in this instance, that wasn't the case. And the directors took the decision, which they're perfectly entitled to do as a a private organisation, to make a decision to close the business. Now, presumably, um, financial pressures have created a a situation for them when they felt that was the most appropriate thing for uh, the shareholders. So um, it's difficult for the minister, I think, because obviously the minister's on the back foot straight away. But if there had been no pre-warning given... Then and there was, as I say, there's no reason why there should have been. Then she has to deal with the situation as best she can. And I think the fact of the matter is, there's very little that can be done as far as Ramsey Bakery is concerned, unless Ramsey Bakery come up with some proposals or ideas, or are prepared to listen to ideas that might come forward from government as to how to alleviate the current position. David Brew, you've heard the minister's comments there. Um, are, are you? content that you are being well represented by the minister that uh, everything that can be done is is uh, is being done um no surely not um i have to say i was very disappointed with um the the response there from the minister um i think she sort of spoke for about nine minutes and really said nothing um that that that's my point of view uh i think um i'd, I'd go back i th- i think she's Pretty well reflecting probably the the attitude of, of government, which which you would expect, and I think that that became evident probably on the on the Sunday after the news broke, um, when the chief minister said that we are not in the business of running a bakery, um, but apparently they are in the in in the business of running um, a, a flour mill. They are in the business of running a, a meat plant. They are in the business of running. Um, the Villa Marina. They are in the business of running uh, the Gaiety. They are in the in in the business of running a we, ferry we, company. We've only got and an the, hour, <laughs> and the list and the list could go on and on. So, I mean, I I I've, I've never really heard. I thought that statement from the chief chief minister was just ridiculous. Tim Johnson, uh, I mean, you're um, a, a, a joint representative of Air. And Michael, with the uh, chief minister, was the chief minister's uh, position uh, ridiculous um, indeed? And, and and what did you think uh, of the minister's uh, comments? Yeah. Well, I can understand the chief minister's initial reaction to say we don't we don't we don't run bakeries, we don't run bakeries. But I think, and at the same time, he also in the same interview talked about food security. Um, and I think, I think what this issue raises, and if we can just put sort of Ramsey Bakey aside for a moment, it's actually, it's opening up that big question of actually, what does this government recognise as food security? And that's fundamental. 
And I think that is something that I've certainly asked the question about. And I think that's that's something now the government needs to seriously refle- reflect on. You know, what what does it mean? Because because if we if we lose Ramsey Bakery, um, it it produces you know it it's our largest manufacturer of of, of a commodity product, sliced bread. Then all of a sudden. Um, that becomes a logistics issue. Our bre- bread supply, obviously we, we have our artisan bakers as well, but our main bread supply becomes a logistics issue. And that in itself has a cost. You know, government can't just sort of step back and say, well, you know, we, we can't run a bakery and therefore there's nothing we can do. Because even if we make that decision, there's a cost involved because on a, on the basic level, if the boat, what happens when the boat doesn't sail? You know, if, if we have those three or four or five days when the boat doesn't sail, what do we do? Does it, do, do wholesalers and supermarkets, for example, have the cost um, of storing bread or putting that through to the consumer or is that a government cost so there are big questions that government have to ask about what they mean by that and uh, and I, I when I look at the island plan and it's a question I've raised what I found very strange in the island plan was in in early 2023 they, they, they're putting forward an agricultural strategy and in later 2023 they're putting forward a food security strategy to me surely they, they inform each other so you, you have to, and that, that's what government needs to understand, and, and that's what we need a clear steer now. What does it mean? Miles Pettit, I mean, uh, everyone is lamenting the fact, I think, that uh, freshly baked bread uh, is going to be less available on the island, but of course, uh, you are a, a baker at No Bakehouse, and um, you're presumably, yeah, this, this is an opportunity for you. I, I think. Uh, Firstly, I'm just really sad, very sad for the industry that I'm working in. I mean, like we're standing at a cliff edge and, and all of a sudden, you know, is 80% of the, the wheat that's grown isn't going to be used by Ramsey Bakery anymore and we all don't have a chance to grow into that. Is there a mill, you know? Is there is there farmers growing it? You know, I'm in awe of Manx farmers to be able to grow wheat on the Isle of Man to begin with. And it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. And right now, you know, actually, when you talk about food security, Britain hasn't got a food security plan. You know, us as an island, we're not... It's it's not that we haven't done it. We just you know right now is when we need to prioritise it because of where we've been dealing with COVID and the pandemic for the last three or four years. Right now, food security is going to be the biggest issue for the next three or four years. You know, with the war that's currently going on with Ukraine and Russia, fifty uh, percent of Europe's wheat is is taken from there. You know, already this has come from the. Um, Sorry, just to go in with facts, but Nanette Batters was on Question Time um, the other day and she was saying that, you know, North Africa is currently struggling with its amount of grain it's got to see them through till next harvest. Uh, you know, that there is a serious food security issue globally. It's not just the island. And I think we as an island can be nimble here and think, what do we want? What is food security? What, you know... We can put preservatives in bread and bread can last seven days and you can bring it on on a ferry. I don't know for the last 20 years a time when the ferry hasn't sailed for seven days. So, you know, we can get it. But what is that price? Because of the market, the wheat prices are only going to go up. The cost of importing bread with the margins that bread have, it's like importing fresh air. Are people prepared to bring it over? You know, all of these things are challenges that we, we need to start 
dealing with now and planning for the future because it's not a short-term fix. This is what do we want? What we want our island to be. Colin, um, Colin, I've done. Uh, you've been chair of, of the mill. How big a, an impact is this going to have on on the future of the mill? I mean, can the mill survive uh, such a hit as this? Well, when I heard the news myself, that was my first thought was for the mill and, and the staff at the mill. Um, as um, has been alluded to, whether or not you measure it by value or, or by volume, um, the amount of outputs that go from the mill to Ramsey Bakery, whilst they have been declining um, fairly steadily in, in, in recent years, amounts to somewhere between 80 or 90%, depending on how you actually calculate it. And unless somebody, and be it either government-owned or the private sector, is going to step up, and replace that demand for flour that is now apparently going to be lost as a result of the demise of Ramsey Bakery, it's very difficult to see what the future for the mill is. Um, it's, a, it's an ageing building with ageing equipment, uh, constant issues with uh, tra- maintenance and things there. Um, you're always sort of fighting against the next problem that, that arose. I mean, when I was there, we had one year, we had a massive issue with one of the silos and ingresses of water, which wrote off significant amounts of the, the wheat that we were storing. Um, and I'm aware that since I left, um, staff numbers have gone down even further from, I think, from sort of seven to six or from six to five. And we need to, as Tim has alluded to, we need to understand what the plan is to see whether or not there is a future for the mill. Because otherwise, if you've only, if you can't run a mill for the amount of wheat, that, or for the amount of flour rather, that is being required other than that that was being taken by Ramsey Bakery. The economics, as far as I can see, just, just wouldn't stand up at all. So we need to create that demand or replace the demand from Ramsey Bakery, either by somebody taking over the existing equipment that's there, whether or not it's for sale or not, I don't know. Whether or not um, the artisan bakers can step up and replace that production or whether or not somebody new comes into the market with a, an idea. I mean, for many years, it was the idea that perhaps the, the mill could move and be resituated in Ramsey and perhaps form a more strategic alliance with the bakery with a mix of government and private investment. Um, these sort of options, I think, are still possible. But somebody does need to sort of sit down pretty quickly now Because once you've lost it and you go for several months or a year without that uh, market being fulfilled, then it's very, very difficult for anybody to come back in again and and create it. And in the meantime, um, the losses at the the mill um, would would escalate. I mean, at the moment, the mill has survived on uh, a fairly small amount of subsidy. The flour subsidy, I think, has been somewhere between 40 and 50,000 pounds a year. And if you compare that with the amount of money that goes into the meat plants, where you're talking sort of millions of pounds a year, then you'd think that there could be some money that could be made available for the milling wheat, baking, flour production sector. But again, there's no plan that I'm aware of that's ever been put forward to to alleviate these risks. And now the risks have come along and and we haven't got a plan. And and what about the minister's suggestion that uh, the mill could diversify, and in in, in a way it's diversifying back to what it it, it used to do uh, many years ago, which was uh, animal feed production? Well, there is animal feed production still going on. Um, But again, it's a factor of the amount of wheat that's actually getting milled. And as production has gone down, so the amount of feed that's being produced has gone down. And sometimes it's attractive. It depends what other um, 
products farmers have available. Some years there's a big demand for animal feed from the mill and other times there's not. Um, it, 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 it goes and falls with economic sort of cycles and uh, how good the harvest has been and, and as David will know more about it than I do. But I think, I mean, we do still import a lot of flour into the Isle of Man and efforts that were made to try and negotiate sort of new deals with the importers, which is mainly the, the, the sort of major wholesalers who are supplying it to the catering trade and to others. But unfortunately, when people are looking at every sort of penny that they're spending, um, even if we could, we were trying to get the price down within a sort of about 10% of the cost of imported flour, but it didn't seem to sway people's buying patterns, they still would buy the cheaper imported flour if they could. Now again, we've not we've had, um, as you and I will recall, meat derogations and trying to sort of keep the meat derogation in, in um, with the authorities in Brussels, but we were stopped uh, because of EU regulations. Well, now I'm assuming those EU regulations don't apply anymore. So can the Isle of Man actually look to uh, reimpose some form of derogation, be it on meat or be it on uh, flour or other products? Tim Johnson, uh, I mean, is is this the sort of thing that government should be getting involved with? I mean, there, there is a uh, the, the well, the chief minister's comments there that uh, well, we're, we're, governments shouldn't be running mills. But uh, you know, I, I asked the minister um, at, at the start of the program there. You know, what are the fundamental things that uh, that we need for life? And obviously, food is one of them. And then uh, I did ask, uh, what, what's government's role in there? And, and you know, in normal circumstances, normal business, mm. um, you, you would say, well, OK, if, if it's not profitable, it can go to the wall. But um, this is a staple food. So does government have a, a, a separate role here? I think in the moment, in normal assumptions don't apply it anymore. <clears throat> and I think when we're, we're, and that's why we have to look, think, look at things very differently. So, yes, I do think government needs to step up here and understand that um, the importance of maintaining what is a staple uh, and, and, that, and the facility to be able to do that on the island is, is actually very important. I mean, you shouldn't underestimate the also. I know people say often you know, food on the island is more expensive, the bread is more expensive, but at the same time, you know, it also regulates the market. And if you don't have local production... Um, don't necessarily think that that, that that bread that's relatively cheap at the moment coming in from the UK is going to stay that way. And as Miles says, because the, everyone is everyone is, is suffering and seeing the same pressures and same costs. So again, it comes down to reassessing assumptions huge, hugely. And that means that you have to look at things very differently. And, and that's what government needs to do. Um, and, and are they doing enough? I mean, it... it Obviously, you were a member of the Farmers' Union, Manx National Farmers' Union, before you were elected, mm. and you would have been engaged, no doubt, with conversations with the department responsible for food, um, DEFA. Mm. Um, what, what sort of discussions and talks? I mean, Colin made the point there that uh, you know we've arrived at the emergency, and there doesn't seem to have been any any forward thinking or planning as, as to what would happen no. in such circumstances. It's interesting because if you, if you look back at, at the food matter strategy, I think I'm right in saying that the, the mill the mill wasn't seen necessarily as a, as a strategic asset. Um, maybe the assumption was, well, it's if it fails, it doesn't matter because Ramsey Baker will they'll just import the flour anyway. Well, well, here we are, and you know, all of a sudden things things change very quickly. So, you know, 
yeah, a, a government has to decide what it, you know, what it's what it's going to be about. Otherwise, and and I think the word I would use, the phrase, is sort of strategic resilience. We have to we have to decide within not just within the farming sector, but across the economy. You know, where where does government going to pitch itself? Because 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 we're so much working now outside of the normal realms, and this is affecting uh, this is a global issue. Government's going to have to start looking at things very differently because otherwise we're going to have the same issue with the, with with the creamery. We're going to be having the same question marks over red meat and in other sectors as well. So I think government very quickly needs to decide what it's about and what it wants to what it wants to keep on the island. You're listening to Perspective and we're looking into the issues that uh, surround the announcement that uh, Ramsey Bakery is to close at the end of this month. Um, and and uh, Miles Pettit, uh, I was uh, asking you a direct question and you did the wonderful uh, p- p- polit- political answer of um, uh, answering a different question. Um, so the direct question then, um, what, uh, I mean, is it possible to, for, for you and indeed the other uh, smaller bakers that, that are on the island, is it possible for you to expand into the, 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 uh, the market that uh, Ramsey Bakery has, has, has left behind? Of course it's possible. I think anything's possible, but it's, you know, you, you need time. You know, you need time to ramp up and, and make sure that you get a product that's right and it's going to be suitable for the market. Now, Noah is no different to Ramsey Bakery. We've been dealing with the same pressures um, as most other uh, people in our sector has. You know, our costs are rising. Everything we're doing is costing us more and is more challenging to make um, any sort of margin on at all. So, you know, the, the, the risk of scale is just you're just exposing yourself even more. So I would... Um, I think it's it's really looking at what do the public want, you know, and I think that's the first and most important question. Once we, as the Manx public, say this is the type of bread we want, this is the type of thing that we're after, you know, what well, I'm sure that all of the artisanal bakeries on the Isle of Man can look at that market and other people can as well. But, you know, going back to food security, do we, as the Manx public, support local and value that as an ingredient in their food? I personally do, and I hope that everyone else does as well. But once we get that bit right, we can then see how we can operate within it. And of course, um, uh, Ramsey Bakery does more than just bread. Mm. Uh, there's a whole load of other project products, mm. including pies, a subject very close to my heart, <laughs> um, and uh, a, a range of, of other items. I mean, is, is that the more likely area that uh, Manx Bakers are going to move into, or um, is, is that, does that equally have its uh, difficulties? I, I think well, every, every part has its own challenges, but I think that there's a massive hole being created overnight and uh, somebody's going to fill it, you know, be it local businesses growing, be it enough of business coming into the market or be it imports, you know, imports. Um, you know, I think we all need to gather as much information as possible and start talking to our customers and then sort of, expanding our ideas from there but it's such early days um you know we're kind of reacting in the same way that government and everybody else is reacting to this news it's kind of in shock trying to gather as much information and then make smart decisions from it 
you know, this is a really challenging market right now and costs are extremely high. Um, so it's a big risk. And the minister, I think the only thing we were able to pin the minister down on was that she was going to have conversations. Um, have those conversations begun? Have you had a conversation yet, either with the minister or with um, somebody from her department or indeed uh, the Economic Development Department? Yeah, I've spoken to the department. I haven't spoken to the minister personally, but um, you know, I know that once there's a conversation to be had, um, you know, you know, they'll be there and willing to chat to us. And I suppose the other um, people that need to be having conversations uh, or conversations need to be had with are the milling wheat growers. Uh, David, uh, it's quite a an expensive business to set up as a milling wheat grower. And, you know, that's in normal circumstances. But of course, you've got uh, in- incredibly high prices of fertilizer now. Um, what what I mean? What what are the milling wheat? What, well, what's the position with milling wheat? Presumably, it's already been sown; uh, it's in the ground. So uh, this year's uh, harvest is going to happen uh, anyway. Uh, is that yeah. the case? Um, it's it's a bit of a crisis, uh, t- to be honest. Um, yeah, certainly. Uh, um, a few months ago, I mean, I would think that all growers, not not only in the Isle of Man, but but um, in the UK and in Europe was scratching their heads and wondering what they were going to do really um, because the, the, this crisis actually even before sort of um, the, the you know the, the conflict in, in, in Ukraine erupted this this crisis was already taking place well before that um, with, with the energy uh, uh, price rises because um Ammonium nitrate, uh, which is which is probably the 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 fertilizer that's that's used the most, or uh, is is a basic constituency of of growing wheat and and particularly milling wheat, um, which is made from natural gas, um, had sort of risen at one stage by around about two hundred percent, and but now it's it's even higher than that. It can it, you know. It, um, almost twelve months ago, I was sort of able to buy it at, at around about two hundred and fifty pound a ton. The the price has been varying in the last sort of month between a thousand and eight hundred pound a ton, um, and and every other cost, every other cost input cost has gone up, not necessarily to the same degree as that, but they've all gone up. Um, which which basically meant that probably most producers was, were thinking, well, right, these input costs have to be cut. There is no other way that we can do this because, ironically, I mean, the, the milling wheat growers here on the Isle of Man were, to a certain extent, forced into a corner of actually signing a contract for this year that ties us into supplying Laxey Glen Mills at a price that basically every producer would just make an enormous loss and and i mean that's the first thing that really has to happen that those contracts even if laxy glen mills uh, stays open those contracts have to be ripped up and just thrown away because they're they're absolutely worthless so so why why would anyone grow wheat um if 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 the, if, if they were effectively being asked to grow it at a, at a loss they won't yeah. Okay. End of end of story. It 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 probably won't happen, or 
or which is again a ridiculous situation it'll be exported into the UK market and then flour will be imported into the Isle of Man which which is just ridiculous and and of course the, the I mean the I suppose the other element in terms of growers uh, presumably you know the, we know that there is going to be this global shortage of milling wheat um so uh, surely it'll be worth your while to grow because if the mill is is able to to, to continue and process the, uh, the the milling wheat into flour, uh, they can presumably export that and and meet some of the likely demand that there's going to be on on global um, markets. Your you, your problem though there is 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 always down to efficiency of scale and and, and no matter you know whether whether you you know you're an artisan baker like like Miles or whether you're Ramsey Bakery or whether you, you're a, a, a farm or any business here on the Isle of Man you're always fighting against this efficiency of scale which means we're always at a disadvantage so no matter what we can produce here we can probably never produce it as cheaply as as larger businesses in 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 the uk which which basically means that we're always vulnerable to to either cheaper imports and it also means that we can't really export and compete either cullen yeah, I think David's raised a number of um, really pertinent issues here because, and these are going to have to be resolved in a matter of months because as you get towards the harvest this year, then, of course, the immediate cycle is that you're then re-sowing and, and getting the crops ready for the following year. And as David said, traditionally, when by the time you've actually planted or very shortly afterwards, the contracts are agreed with the mill so this year's crop, the, the mill has agreed to buy, and that, that's in the contract. Now, as David said, since the agreement was reached, and I'd heard something about this on the grapevine, that because of the increasing costs, the growers were unhappy because the price, the purchase price has already been fixed. If you were to, the problem for the mill now is that they're going to buy this summer's crop without knowing actually who they're going to sell any of the flour to because the demand isn't going to be there anymore. If then the growers would say, well, let's rip up the contracts, the mill might say, oh, yes, that's a good idea because actually we don't want, we don't want it anyway because we haven't got anybody to sell it to. And there's, so there's a lot of issues here that need to be thought through by all the parties involved to say, well, clearly there's going to be losses for the mill because they're going to buy things that they, they can't sell. The growers are currently under pressure because they're paying more to produce the, the, the wheat in the first place. So that does need to go back to what, how can we get around this situation? For many years, it's always been known that the Achilles heel of the mill was the fact that it sold such a lot of its output to one customer and what would happen if that customer wasn't there. And I can recall having outline discussions with the late Jim Duncan prior to his untimely passing about what could we do to work close more closely together and could we actually combine the mill and the bakery perhaps in new premises perhaps at Ramsey where you could actually then work more closely together and it would be a government and private owned consortium that would actually run the two possibly we, we talked with the union at the time about what would the, the, the growers view be we consulted with the treasury to see what their view and there was a general view that this would be a solution to a problem that's been known for many, many years, decades, that if the bakery stopped, 
then what would happen to the mill? And the problem now, of course, has suddenly arrived that the bakery is about to stop at the end of this month. And we, we don't know what's going to happen because none of those plans were ever really progressed. Tim Johnson, I mean, I mean, is it the the lack of? I mean, well, presumably it's it's for you to 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 question the the government and to to better understand uh, what their thinking is. But I mean, the the sorts of discussions that Colin was was just talking about there, these were. These were very much uh, in in my uh, in tray when I was uh, last minister in, in in DEFA, which would be about eight, maybe nine years ago. Um, so we, at that point, we you know we had a pretty clear understanding that something needed to be happen. We knew that uh, uh, that uh, Jimmy Duncan had been talking uh, about the possibility of uh, packing up at some point. Um, so this shouldn't really have come as a big sh- shock to the government. Um, so, so what? What? I mean, what, what? 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 How are you going to approach this over the course of the next uh, month or so? Well, I think basically we've, for all what's been talked about, fundamentally there hasn't really been the political will. I don't think uh, enough of it to to make the changes that were needed. And in fact, it was the it was the farmers' union back in 2018 who instigated a meeting. Um, to try and get everyone together and, and Miles came to that meeting and we put an invite out to everybody and it, and it was Brian Brumby as president at the time who did that and we had representatives come from Miles came um, from the Treasury um, and DEFA unfortunately um, no one came from the mill t- to that meeting but from that meeting um, there was the, the bones of an agreement to, to look forward ahead to a new mill and that, and that was something that everyone realised was, was a sensible thing to do and we, we, we were very hoped very much hope to see that develop in Jerby and that's something that has been ongoing and potentially could still happen but the minister in, in her comments at the beginning of the program seemed to be that you know, that was one of the other mm. uh, things uh, clear uh, statements from the minister was uh, well actually there's no case for the mill now which is yeah which is bizarre when we've got two other bakeries on the island we've talked about the dangers of not having um, a staple, you know, being produced on the island. There has to be the political will to do that, and I think government has to start looking, as I said earlier, very differently because all the, the assumptions that have made and driven political decisions, I think, over the last few years on food security and other things, have now changed. I mean, you know, the headline is energy. We've seen that. We're all seeing and worrying about that, and but coming up behind it now is 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 going to be food and it. And it it's, we haven't seen particularly large increases yet in food in food situation, but that will build as we go through this year and into next year. And as Colin said earlier, you know, farming is a long-term business. You can't just turn the tap on and off. It, it, you have to plan. So government have got to create the atmosphere and the confidence for people to be able to make medium and long-term decisions. And that's what we've always failed to do. And, and I think we've, we've had a situation with the mill where you know, we've got some really dedicated guys in that, in, that, in that building. And one or two of them, if they went, well, they're the only people who know how, to, how it works because it hasn't been invested in for 30 years. You know, they've done the damnest to keep it going and do the best they can. So we all see that this was, the, this was fundamentally what was needed, was it was a new mill. The ability to take real cost out of the system, because that's where, that's where a lot of the issues were. I mean, the irony was, you know, they were getting some of the, some of the cheapest milling wheat going in and, some, and pretty well the most expensive flour in the world <laughs> coming out at the other side. So, you know, something needed to be done. And uh, 
So now government, I think, have to, you know, grasp that nettle and 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 I know that I know that if someone comes forward with with ideas for for new plans, I'm sure government will be supportive. If the department enterprise, I'm sure there'll be things they can do, but government can't allow this just to drift. I think they they got to they got to show leadership. Can I just jump in quickly? Yeah, um, look, we are a small island, and like a small business, you can be nimble. If we prioritise this right now, we've got the opportunity to grab hold of it. And I think this is it. You know, what's happened with Ramsey Bakery has given us, hopefully, the wake-up call that we need as an island to go, look, let's act because of this problem is really not going away and these challenges will be here for a long time. And if we don't act now, it's just going to get worse. And the expertise, the farmers growing the wheat, you that once that expertise goes... You know, you're not going to be able to get that back. The millers that do the mill, once those expertise go, you know, you're not going to be able to get them back. And this is the point that if we do want to keep it, you know, it might be that it has to shrink for a little bit to grow it back up again. But, you know, we need to act yeah. now. And yeah. that's the yeah. biggest message I'd say. Um, if I could just jump in there as well. I mean, the, the island's been pretty well self-sufficient um in in supplying milling wheat for around about 20 to 25 years now um i i've been growing milling wheat for around about 35 years mm -hmm. and it took me quite a considerable time to actually develop the knowledge and the skills to do it correctly it, it, it was it, it wasn't immediate it was a, a slow learning curve um, and as Miles states, once once that knowledge and ability is lost, and, and and I have to say, sadly, it's not actually being passed on either because young men aren't actually coming into the industry. Mm. And that's a very, very sad thing. Very sad thing. And I would like to think that the, that, that knowledge base could be passed on and, and should be passed on so that, that um, self-sufficiency could continue. Um, but at the moment, it it looks like it's going to be lost. Tim, yeah, I think I, I think I, you know I think that's right. Um, yeah, um, people shouldn't underestimate. And and again, it, it, I think Miles said said a bit what all the different options there are. As far as government's concerned, you know, there's no there's no no cost option. I mean, there's this has got to cost whatever decisions are made. There's there's going to have to be leadership and costs involved with from government. So I think I think that's what they have to really understand we can there's no, they can't just sort of say well no, oh well never mind um that's it that's a shame because even if we end because even if it ends up being a logistics issue bread supply in, as i said earlier import there's a cost involved to that so government have to decide you know what what they're going to do um and yeah you know david's right um don't underestimate the passion and the, and the work that's gone into the in industry it's a very small industry there's only a handful of growers but actually, you know, if you to be growing milling wheat on 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 a small island in the middle of the Irish Sea, it's quite a it's quite a challenge. It's quite a thing, really. Um, it's it's artisanal in in itself. Um, so once that goes, um, and as David said, you know, we're looking now in the farming industry, average age of over sixty. Um, this is this you know this is a serious concern, and again that leads into that whole debate about food security. And what, what are we wanting for the future for the island? Because if we're serious about it, these are the issues we have to start facing up to. Well, we are approaching the end of the, the programme. Um, 
but I, I'd, I'd ask for, well, not one word answers, but maybe a one sentence answer from, from each of you as to what you would hope the uh, the future might look like in, in uh, you know, over the next two to three years. Um, bearing in mind, of course, we're living in probably, uh, bearing in mind what we've had, we've had 15 years of relative stability, um, maybe more, um, we're now enter- entering into a, a period of, of quite considerable uncertainty about a whole range of things, or many of the things that affect the businesses that you uh, represent. Um, so, so who will I start with? Start with Colin. Uh, what would you hope to see over the course of the next uh, two to three years? Well, I think for all, <clears throat> excuse me, for all the reasons that we've we've discussed this morning, um, that the, the issues of food security, um, whether or not the UK is going to be in a position to continue to, to support the Isle of Man, what the action, what the situation will be if there is no local produced bread on on, on a reasonable scale. Um, we need to have a plan that says this will take us through through this period and the plan has to be drawn up pretty quickly because the clock is ticking. You know, the wheat is growing at the moment, it's going to be harvested, it's going to be coming into the mill, that's the current deal that's been struck um, and those contracts have to be honoured. Now, if if that's not going to happen, what, what will happen? David? Um I I I I just fear that there probably is um, hard times ahead. Uh, I, I think people have probably got used to spending less and less of their disposable income on food, and I, I think that is going to radically change. Um, and um, I think people have got just used to to sort of um, cheap, affordable food, and I, I think that. That is going to change. Miles, uh, your your take on on what you would hope to see over the next two three two two to three years. Talking myself, I believe in filter folk. I am massively supportive of the local farming community, and I just want to see it here. So that's fundamental to me, and I will be looking at doing everything I can to keep it. And, um, you know, I just hope that in five to ten years time, we are, well, we still have farming on the Isle of Man. And I think that's the bit that scares the hell out of me right now. And I just, you know, and I don't know what the answers are. And it's learning. And I think we all just need to stop, learn, come up with some sensible plan and move forward. And that's that's kind of that's it for me, really. And uh, Tim, I think, as I said, um, you know, government has to look in the short term and what, what it can do post Ramsey Bakery I think as much as it can where it can and, and there are many options there potentially you know we're looking at, I think they need to show a you know, clear we do need to see that clear secu- uh, security policy going forward and what actually what they're wanting to have where, where are they where they're going to draw the line for the Isle of Man as far as what they want to see on the island and have a we, you know we need to have a long-term plan for to build confidence so people know know, know what that is I think that that's really key um, so we, we all have an idea and farmers can plan it's a long-term business um, and I think there's also, you know, a question mark over um, and, and, and a feeling that food production has been seen as a secondary issue uh, for farmers for too long. Um, and yes, the environment is very important, but we, you only have to look at our island to realise that farmers have been farming very well in the environment for, 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 for generations. I think there's been too much step away from what farmers are here to do, and that is to feed the nation. Well... 
I'd like to thank all my guests uh, for, for joining me on the programme, my first live programme, but a really important issue. And, yeah, get used to changes on the bakery shelves. <laughs>